Up next is the daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verse 59 says, After about one hour passed, another confident, confidently affirmed, saying, Truly this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. Now, now please note the words at the beginning of verse 59. After about an hour had passed. After an hour? Peter, you had an hour to think about it? An hour to get out of there? Because he did not, the final shoe dropped. In what must have seemed like merely a moment, everything was gone. In the chaos of the situation, following a silent eternity of a moment, Peter was now more alone than any man on earth. He had believed himself to be faithful. He thought he would not, could not ever fail. And what essentially was his faithful error? He believed in himself. He believed in his own strength. He fought the battle himself when he should have let Jesus do the fighting. He had failed his master. It couldn't happen, but it did. It did because he didn't believe it could. Verse 61 says, The Lord turned and looked at Peter, and then Peter remembered the Lord's words, how he said to him, Before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. He went out and wept bitterly. Strike three. Strike three and Peter goes down and he goes down big. The Gospel of Mark tells us he went swearing and cursing all the way. Peter found the depth of his soul. He found it and it was wicked. Jeremiah 17.9 says the heart is deceitful above all things and it is exceedingly corrupt. Who can know it? Peter now went out and he wept bitterly. The passage tells us that at that moment of denial, Jesus turned and looked at Peter from a distance. Oh, the pain, the anguish of that moment. Peter probably simply wanted to die. I wonder, however, what was in the eyes of Jesus at that moment? What was in his look? What, what was in his eyes? Was it anger? Was it disappointment? From what we know of the character of Christ throughout all of his ministry here on this earth, what we actually can gather with clarity was that it was love. It was a love that manifested despite the denial despite the failure of both Peter and every man that would follow. Because it would be a love that would carry him to the cross where he would now die for Peter. He would die for Peter and for all those who would deny him throughout all the ages. The record tells us that Peter made it out after his denial. However, Judas, he did not. If you're standing in such a situation today as these men, and Jesus has now turned to look at you, 
What will you do? Seal it with a kiss or with tears? Verse 63 says, The men who held Jesus mocked him and beat him. Having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, Prophesy, who is the one who struck you? They spoke many other things against him, insulting him. More than simply denying his deity and refusing his claims, these folks now turn to offensive attacks. And again, it's clear that nothing much has changed in 2,000 years. For even yet today, those who despise his name attack Christ and all who follow him. If a concept can't be argued away or intimidated into submission, then, well, perhaps some good old-fashioned violence will take care of things. Ironically, if his claims were void, I wonder then why would anyone care what he said and what he did? I mean, wouldn't we simply ignore him? Today, in fact, there are whole groups of people who gather together to spend all of their time in clubs and organization and anti-Christian groups that exist only to attack Jesus Christ and his followers. Groups that function only to attack something that they say with the same breath that doesn't really even exist. Huh. Jesus begins to experience here what would be the ultimate in not just pain, but ultimate and utter humiliation. Yet both would be endured. In fact, both would be embraced by a Savior who, well, loves like no other. Jesus said we would also share in his pain, and indeed throughout the world the faithful continue to bear the brunt of assaults and hatred. This fact is not an easy thing to forget nor to block from our minds in the relative safety of worship here in America, but we also know that's not the case in many parts of the world. Verse 66 says, As soon as it was day, the assembly of the elders of the people gathered together, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away into the council, saying, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you won't believe. And if I ask, you will in no way answer me or let me go. From now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. And they said to him, Are you the Son of God? And he said to them, You say it, because I am. Now his accusers here tried to demand his participation in their little courtroom sham. But Jesus would have nothing to do with it. Finally then, under Jewish law, uh, where a high priest could righteously demand an answer, Jesus was posed the ultimate question. One that many will even claim today that Jesus never answered. He's asked, if you are the Christ, tell us, are you then the Son of God? Now again, I have to emphasize that there are still those out today who would claim that Jesus never said he was the Messiah. He never said he was the Son of God. Yet here we have it, in all of its clarity and all of its glory. Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. It's interesting, too, that with that affirmative answer, Jesus also embraced his father's well-autobiographical name back in Exodus chapter 3, where he said, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, you shall tell the children of Israel this, I am has sent me to you. 
verse 71. And they said, Why do we need any more witnesses? For we ourselves have heard from his own mouth. Yes, indeed. Please notice that the objective of all of this hoopla, it was not justice and it was not truth. It all was simply an attempt to take Jesus out of the picture once and for all. And again, it was the religious powers of the day that were crying out. It was the religious powers of the day that were using blasphemy. How could they be so blind? Man's inability to see the truth has always been astonishing. I mean, we will plow full steam ahead in our preconceived ideas and what we want reality to be while simply ignoring any facts that we might happen upon along the way. We will also adamantly deny any other possible scenario because to admit the possibility, you know, that we might be wrong, well, that would certainly jeopardize the house of cards that we have created around us. If he is the Messiah, if he is God in flesh, well, then that would, well, change everything. This is not just a problem with the unredeemed gang, but even within the ranks of those who believe themselves to be born again. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and chapter 4 says the following, quote, Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Even as Janries and Jambres opposed Moses, so these also oppose, oppose the truth. Men corrupted in mind, who concerning the faith are rejected but they will proceed no further. For their folly will be evident to all men, as theirs also came to be. For the time will come when they will not listen to sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers after their own lusts, and will turn away their ears from the truth, and will turn away to fables. One thing that I notice in this chapter is that through it all, Jesus overtly refused to defend himself. All the while the accusations flew, Jesus said nothing. It seems his day had come. He was now going to live out his destiny and his mission. He was going to lay down his life. In John chapter 10, verse 17, it says, Therefore the Father loves me because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Tim Dodson and Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.